0: But I'm mostly far away from the children. There's a good chance they'll seek me out. Well, mom. Yeah. How do I spell house? House? I, you want me to write it down for you? And I didn't. I totally forgot that it was actually a pro day when I booked this. So I do apologize. I was like, oh, Friday. That's perfect.
1: Welcome back, intimates. Thanks for your support on Patreon, making this 2021 season possible. This podcast is about all things intimate. Relationships, love, connection, community, consensual non-monogamy, kink, orgies, lovers, and of course, good old-fashioned sex. I talk with old friends and even meet some new ones. I interview people from all walks of life, from recovered addicts to counselors, sex partners to perfect strangers. I'd like to thank my host, the Musqueam First Nation, as this podcast is recorded on their unceded ancestral territory where I was born, where I work, and where I currently live and play. So settle in for an intimate conversation. Today, Robin Beach from SexWithRobin.com talks jealousy. As a sex educator, radio host, relationship consultant, all-around great human and more, she brings the experience of her many years in relationship coaching to the show just for you. Actually, it's kind of for a lot of people, but I didn't want you to feel like you weren't special, too. So you can see how this stuff gets complicated. But without more cheekiness from me, let's hear from Robin about jealousy and envy directly here on Intimate Interactions.
0: I'm gonna say something, okay? You know how much I love you. I tell people sometimes that having kids is like the worst and best thing ever. Yay! (laughs) I'm saying yay for the best. It is the best. There are certain things that it's. Brad and I will kind of jokingly be like, "Why did we have kids again?" And he'll be like, "It seemed like a good idea at the time." Again, like no regrets, but there's yeah. Other parents have been like, "That is exactly what it's like. It's like the best and the worst." So I wouldn't give it up. But man, I get really envious of my kidless friends sometimes and the freedoms that they have. And
1: so, yeah, I think I think sometimes.
0: sometimes.
1: What's that, Dex?
0: I get jealous too sometimes.
1: What do you get jealous of? And I said envious.
0: Huh? We talked about that. What do, you get, what do you get jealous of, babe? Mm-hmm. It's okay to talk about. You don't have to. I don't want to Pardon? I don't want to time. Okay, we can talk about it another time. I think he's starting to cover his face because he knows someone else is listening. I get jealous, too. Sometimes I mostly get really envious. What does envious mean? Remember, envy means that you want something that someone else has. It doesn't... Meaning you're, like, mad at the person or that you want to take it away from them. Like, Auntie Helen is going to Mexico, and I am envious. I'm glad she's going, but I want to go. Right. That's not jealous, that's envious. Jealous would be like, she shouldn't be able to go to Mexico Mm. because I can't go, so she shouldn't go. Right? Right. (laughs) Boy. oh yeah, Cooper. <laughs>
1: Welcome to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with Robin Beach from Sex with Robin on Split Radio, a sex educator and coaching consultant. And you can find more from Robin at sexwithrobin.com. Welcome, Robin.
0: Hi, Victor. Thank you so much for having me. Also, um, I have a, a little monster. One of my, my children is with me. It's a pro day, so
1: A mm-hmm. super super adorable little monster. For I would sure. be at school right now.
0: I know. It wasn't a protein I know. You'd be at school, but you're home with me. Friday. <laughs> Nanny. Okay. I love you, babe. I gotta do some work. Okay, you can be here. We're gonna we're gonna just chill for a bit, okay? okay. Thanks.
1: So cute. So cute. Um Thank so yeah, you. I...
0: I made Sorry, go ahead. I made it. I was just saying thank you. I,
1: yeah, made,
0: I made I made it myself. I, I made this. Yes. You're eight this. years old. Aw,
1: mm-hmm. oh, that's so cute. My little
0: brother is six. So, yeah, we were talking jealousy, right?
1: Are you Are you comfortable with having your son's voice recorded for the podcast?
0: I am okay. I'm okay. Okay, with it, just... as long as it's not interrupting. So
1: okay. Um. Right. What was I going to (laughs) say? Jealousy, envy. Okay, so um, I noticed you making a distinction between jealousy and envy that sounded very age appropriate. And I really liked it. And I was also (laughs) curious if you consider jealousy to be like more of an umbrella term. Like, do you do you see envy as like a subcategory of jealousy or do you really see it as like a totally separate thing?
0: in that jealousy usually has another route to to kind of address. Mm. Um, Oftentimes it could be coming from insecurity, fear of abandonment, needs not getting met, but there's like a a kind of more uh, problem that jealousy can can come from. I don't think it just comes out of nowhere.
1: Agreed, yeah. Um, Do you... So so when you were talking about envy as like wanting to go to... You know Mexico I I still see that as like a need not necessarily being met and like the same kind of family of like comparative evaluation totally so yeah, I that guess was, uh yeah no go ahead
0: I was just saying um because I don't know if and it's okay if you were recording uh my talking to my son about jealousy versus envy and that's kind of I I'm is that am I correct in saying that's what Made hey, do you want to talk about jealousy?
1: It is totally what made me want to talk about jealousy.
0: Right. Yeah. We, My kid and I were just talking about jealousy. And um, I said, that actually sounds more like envy. Mm. And then he asked me to clarify. And I used the example that um, Auntie Helen in a couple weeks is going to Mexico. And I'm really envious because I really want to go to Mexico. Mm-hmm. I just want to go too. I don't, I'm not upset that she's going. I'm not mad right. at her. Um, and jealousy would maybe be a little bit more like Anger. she shouldn't be able to go to Mexico mm. um, I want to go and so uh, oftentimes when I explain it to the children it's usually either wanting to stop or take away what that other person has
1: Hmm. yeah yeah I appreciate that um, I've often found that when folks describe having a sense of jealousy it usually means like a sense of discontent or even anger about a metamor or about even a partner um right and the way that i've sort of parsed that is like there's this comparative family of emotions and a lot of the mm-hmm. time folks who are sort of like you know unindoctrinated and or are um who haven't been exposed to like the culture of non-monogamy don't really have like a fine um like a really sensitive radar for it. They just kind of lump everything in that mm-hmm. family together as jealousy. So like, I've definitely heard right. monogamous folks describing envious situations as jealousy.
0: Oh, well, we hear it on a daily basis. How many times do you hear someone go jealous? Right. And I, I did that a lot of times. Sometimes I went envious. didn't. <laughs> 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 It really showed how uncool I was. And they're like, what? And I had to explain. <laughs> I'm like, well, I just looked even less cool. But that's Amazing. okay. That's who I am. Amazing. But, yeah, like we hear that kind of thing being uh, misunderstood on a daily basis, I think, to, to understand the difference between jealousy and envy. Mm-hmm. And, and you... really, oh, it just takes something as simple as asking yourself sometimes. Are you, like, actually mad at this person? Am I actually feeling resentment or bitterness towards, you know, Helen for going to Mexico? No. Mm-hmm. I just I just kind of feel like I, I wish I could go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, that, to, just to kind of even remind someone, do, do you want them to not want have this thing that they have? Mm-hmm. And it can kind of give them a little bit of, of a perspective. Oh, right. I actually know. I mean, I'm not, I don't feel mad about that. But sometimes that is. And if they are, that needs to be explored.
1: Are okay, you... why is
0: it that you really want to stop her from going to Mexico? Right. Why do you feel angry about that? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel uh, that bitterness towards that person? Where's that coming from? Because, and, and I know this has been discussed, uh, but it can jealousy can really be at an incredibly huge level, so much so that a lot of people, um, a lot of studies have shown that people that are, say, for example, um, incredibly homophobic mm-hmm. or, or transphobic or or what have you is a lot of the. I didn't get to do that. I didn't have that freedom, so you shouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. And you do see that towards non-monogamy as well. Obviously, yeah, the different. I don't want to. I'm not going to rank marginalized, obviously, but sure. you hear a lot of that towards. And I would put that as an extreme form of jealousy that, well, I, I can't, I could never date more than one person. So you shouldn't have to.
1: Yeah, no, I've definitely had, um, someone very close to me be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why won't you just like date other people all the time? And I was like, I'll get back to you in a couple of years when you have figured it out.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I was like, wow. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of jealousy, are you familiar with Tristan Tarmino's model of jealousy? He,
0: yes, I am. I've, I've, I've heard them speak and it was really awesome. like, quite a treat.
1: Yeah, it's something that I kind of think about when I think about jealousy. I've kind of almost, I don't want to say adopted that model, but like my thoughts on jealousy are heavily derived, I think, from, mm. um, because like I just had so little experience. I know this just sounds so privileged. Um, I had so little experience with jealousy um, early on. Like I would, I would, even when I was in monogamous relationships, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like you really, really care about this person. Like, why don't you just go and like, like bus to their city and hang out with them for like a couple of weeks and like date them and have sex with them and like do the things you want to do and then just come back to me afterwards. And that was monogamous me.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So it's like, you can really see it was an identity uh-huh. early on. That was me at like 18, 19, like as a monogamous right, right. little tiny person. Mm hmm. Um, And no offense to 18 year olds. You are adults. Um,
0: I'm sorry. Mid 30s. Me is laughing.
1: (laughs) I know. Right. I'm like, geez, that's half my age now. When did I get so old? But uh, no, it's all good. I'm happy with my age and my experience. I was I was going to say just for folks listening, um, Termino sort of divides jealousy as like an umbrella idea up into I, I often remember it as like an electronic pie in the face, like when your emotions are just like pieing you in the face, you get like E-P-I-E, which is like envy, like when you do just have more of that sense of like, oh, I just really want that thing and I'm not getting that mm-hmm. thing. And I really feel like my needs for that thing aren't getting met. So I just want more of it, um, which can be, which can translate for some folks as like, well, my sense of fairness isn't being met. Like my needs for fairness aren't being met. So that person shouldn't get that thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Maybe you process it in the same way that like Robin was describing it as like, well, I just want this thing. doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that this other person shouldn't have it. I just want this thing. And that is more like, I I think, uh, an only envy sort of sense of the emotion rather than like jealousy with envy hiding behind it. Right, right. Yeah. Um, But then you can also have a sense of possessiveness, which we talked about um, in our Mm -hmm. last session together. Um, This idea of like, well, but this is this is. A special thing, or this is a special person, or this is a special activity that's unique to us, like a sense of uh, possessiveness mm-hmm. um, where only you and this one other person should do this, like one thing that you're just very possessive of.
0: Yeah, um, or entitled, that, or you feel entitled.
1: To yeah, that. absolutely. Um, whereas in non monogamy, there tends to be more of a prioritization of that special bond between two people that's mm-hmm. just different, but likewise special in every one of those bonds
0: um yeah we do everything together or that's our thing I think oh that's yes crazy here that's our thing
1: i have i have definitely heard that before but <laughs> like you
0: don't own that
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah is it
0: though is it does it have yeah, to it's... be i mean if you both want it to be i guess it can be sure but that might change and what are you going to do then
1: yeah, like, exactly. Like, if you both want your relationship to be exclusive, make it exclusive. Like, that's that's great for you. I, mm-hmm. I want that for you. If that's what you both want, have at her, you know? Like, I'm yeah. not decrying the monogamous. I'm just saying that when you're in these relationships and you both want to be non-monogamous if you run into a situation like that with, but that's our thing, it's important to address like the underlying needs. Otherwise it's not going to go away. You can't just like Mm -hmm. push that shit down and be like, well, I'm just going to do this because I really want to be non-monogamous. It's like, yes. And you probably want to address the (laughs) unmet needs, or this is not going to be a good experience for you. Um, I've heard it. I've heard it described.
0: Yes. Go for it. I'm still (laughs) processing your yes. And (laughs) I, I I grew up doing a lot of improv. Again, amazing. I, was, I love improv. Okay, but I was definitely not cool. I was the only student <laughs> in our high school to be captain of both the junior and senior improv team in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really big on improv, and so it just made me think. Oh, so non-monogamy
1: is like improv.
0: improv. There you go.
1: It's like so. I had sex with this person this other day. Yes, and
0: yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I just got about I'm to get my improv I we were, were
1: talking about the electronic pie in the face e pie oh yes, yes, for the um envy and the possessiveness, uh the i stands for insecurity, so sometimes mm-hmm. you'll have that that anger out of this like and this deep sense of hurt that comes with it. It can also come with a sense of shame or like a deep sense of being invalidated as like a worthwhile human being.
0: Uh-huh. And, and fear
1: is big. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. like I've I've experienced that and it is yeah. not my partner's responsibility to do the emotional labor to fix me. Mhm. Yeah. And that sucks. It is a super <laughs> intense shitty place to be if that's where you are right now, my heart goes out to you. Um insecurity is not a fun one cuz it can show up as a little insecurity like oh, I'm feeling like a mild amount of discomfort and fear around like, am I good enough? Like, am I enough for this person? Um, And you can go and ask that person because it's little. You can go to that person and be like, hey, I have needs for reassurance. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm not enough. And I just, it would really mean a lot to me if you could just offer some reassurance around like that I do matter to you and that I am, the time we spend together is still, you know, like that bond is still special for you and that you value me as a, as an intimate human in your life, mm-hmm. that's, that can be a really positive way to like turn towards your partner and just like, you know, help get your needs met. And it doesn't mean your partner has to stop doing what they're doing, or right. it can be this like soul crushing. I'm never going to be happy, like intense mm-hmm. shame spiral that comes from like, you know, the Kraken devouring your soul that you've never gone to counseling for.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. It
1: could be one of those two and- or anywhere in between.
0: Insecurity is a total bitch, too, because we I, I feel like it's safe to argue that everyone has some level of insecurity. Totally. Like I don't, right. Like we're all human. And we're all unique and we are all affected by everything around us. To some extent, we're not blank slates and we're not robots. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. But, you know, so <laughs> the insecurity one is one of those things I think that you can always work on mm-hmm. i don't know Is it is it possible to completely take 100 percent of all and in any insecurity out like because it, it's a normal healthy thing to have oh right. we have our things here and there right? right um so i almost feel like uh sometimes insecurities can be uh like weeding you know sometimes it's just like you yes. always kind of have to work on it if you don't work on it it's, it, it might get out of hand some years are better than others. Um, yeah, that's
1: how I feel too.
0: You know, so you, no matter how many times you you go out waiting and you, you do really good, there's there's going to be some that come back, whether in a year or two, and it's just something you manage. Um, so insecurity is is a big one, and it's it's not a it's not a bad thing to have insecurity or to feel jealous or to be envious, you know. And right. So you hear sometimes amongst. Certain non-monogamous communities, they're like, "Yeah, I'm never jealous," huh and it's like, "Good for you. That's I'm, that's awesome," but that doesn't make you better at polyamory no. or better at relationships. No, and and then it goes vice versa as well. You hear, I I know you do. I hear tons of people use the phrase like, "Oh, I could never do that. I, I'd be jealous. Mm-hmm. I could never date more than one person. I'd be jealous." And usually my response yeah. is often, you know, oh, so you've never experienced jealousy in your uh, monogamous life, right? Yeah. And then they laugh and I say, yeah, I've, everybody, it doesn't matter what relationship dynamic, you have everybody experience varying levels and those levels don't determine, you know, your, uh, you don't, you know, want, get one up or less jealousy. I think it's a great thing, but we all have things to on and it's okay. I don't hmm. want people to think that, because they experience jealousy even if it's fairly regular that you know they're not cut out for it mm-hmm. it's like no it's we all have these things we're again we're human beings we have uh, concerns and issues and things we're always needing to work on and if uh, jealousy is one of those things you need to work on on a regular basis then i think that's great news you know what to work on
1: Hmm. yeah and, i agree and you,
0: you have a goal in front of you that you can work with
1: yeah, knowledge of the self is super valuable. It's like people yeah. in monogamy always say, "Another fucking opportunity for growth."
0: <laughs> Which I know, I think my kids just got this recently when I finally really laid it down. Oh, I said that that there's no finish line, and I, I definitely kind of took that also. Uh, I'm, I don't want I'm not I don't own that. I got the there's no finish line from Kevin mm. A. Patterson's book. Absolutely amazing. You need to read it. The uh, love's not colorblind.
1: Yeah. That
0: that was one of the biggest things that really stuck with me from that book. There's no finish line, and so I've I've begun saying that a lot with the kids, and I, and it really hit the kids the other day when I said, "Guys, I tell you this all the time. There's no finish line. No one is perfect. No one's ever going to be perfect at everything, and that's okay. What's important is we're always trying to do better." And my eldest, mm. it was like he finally comprehended that and was like, "Oh, that sounds like so much work." like he was disappointed that you couldn't like be done and reach a point i'm really glad i'm really glad i got that in his head he's a a signed male you know white kid yeah (laughs) i really so i'm like trying really hard my major goals are like hey they're not going to be assholes and they're going to know how to take care of their damn selves that was my that's my big one actually they're not going to be you know anyone that has to depend on a partner
1: just think they learned that like under 10 of instead of like over 40.
0: Right. That's, that's my goal. So yeah, that would definitely hit my, my eight-year-old the other day when I'm like, no, we're always, I'm always, everyone should always be trying to do better. There's no mm-hmm. finish line.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was
0: kind of like, oh,
1: crap. <laughs> the exact same reaction I think everyone has when they realize <laughs> <Right>? it.
0: <laughs> you just got to accept it. 100%.
1: Yeah, fuck, insecurity. That's definitely a difficult one. And then I think the last one is exclusion, which doesn't mean... Oh, we're mean... still... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I we're almost... We're, we're <laughs> almost on the, the four in the Tarmino sort of umbrella, as I understand them.
0: Excuse me, I'm getting over a cough. Tested negative for COVID.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, and exclusion is like when you want to be having the experience with the people that they are having. So like mm-hmm. if you really want to go and see a movie, but, and and I often say this about metamores that like polyamory is such a good way to make friends because you literally have like a partner that you love who goes out and finds you best friends. Um, but that isn't always true. <laughs> um, and that's only, and I, I find that tends to be more true if you tend to be like, just like, really community minded or you care a lot about people then like if your partner has a type they'll find you other people like you and then you're like hey other community minded awesome person this is not always true sometimes partners like really different things in the people that they date and that is the thing who they date i should say (laughs) but uh yeah
0: i can relate with that i feel like there's not a ton in common with a lot of the people that i date i have Mm -hmm. You know, when I don't think I have
1: a a type. Yeah, it it depends on the person for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, It also depends on like what that person is looking for in partners. So like Uh when I date someone who's like very like exclusively kinky, like they don't really practice vanilla sex. They only practice sex that has like certain kink elements or fetish elements. Mm -hmm. their dating pool is really limited already. So they're only going to be dating people who are sort of like a cultured to BDSM style consent. And, you know, if you trust your partner to make good decisions, which we don't all do, but ultimately it's their lives and they need to make those choices um, and live with the consequences then you sometimes you do get this awesome source of like, oh, I'm meeting all these cool people from like different, you know, kink communities that I wouldn't normally have otherwise met. So it's it sort of depends. But if you get really lucky, sometimes, you know, not monogamy yeah. can be like that. But exclusion, um, is this feeling of like, oh, my friend is going to see the movie I want to see with my partner, um, because they're sleeping together. <laughs> it's sort of like I would really like to go with my friend or my partner or both, but it's like a romantic date they're like going and they're like enjoying sharing that experience together and mm. it's not that i want to go see a movie with you know either of them i would love to go and see that specific movie it's like the latest of your favorite franchise and there is two you know there's a reason you're sleeping with one one of them and like good friends with another one um but you don't get to see it with them because they're seeing it with each other as part of like a romantic date Right. And that can sort of be exclusion, where you're just super bummed and like you feel excluded and kind of like left out. And like you're not like angry they're getting to see it. You just feel like really sad, or like there's the sense of loss or grief that can come with like not being included. And like that's that's hard. Like that's Mm -hmm. a super hard one to deal with. Like there's, of course, you can do acceptance and like you can grieve it and like find other ways to get those needs met and talk about your feelings with each of them individually but it's like that's that's a challenge right it's Super yeah, hard. totally the
0: the feeling left out that's that's a hard feeling it's not a pleasant one
1: yeah and it's, so those, i think it's
0: easy to internalize
1: 100 percent, and make yeah. it about yourself yeah when it often isn't about you at all which is something that i think a lot more amabs could uh stand to learn
0: <laughs> a few
1: yeah there's definitely an origin okay. definitely Just an origin gotta... for the one penis policy
0: uh yeah i you know you do see that quite a bit in um uh, i want to say the lesbian community
1: which there's a one a penis a... policy
0: oh but reverse like a oh one... like a one pussy policy yeah yeah
1: I love how OPP means like the <laughs> almost the opposite in mainstream circles as it does in non-monogamy.
0: What are you thinking of OPP in mainstream circles?
1: Like people who are down with OPP or down with other people's, you know, genitals, other people's pussy oh, or other right, people's right, penises. Right, 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 right. So for them, it means like, are you are you good with if if I'm getting this right again, I am out of touch. But I think <laughs> it means are you good with like helping someone cheat on a monogamous relationship? Oh, which is like so different. We mean like the one penis policy, which is the tendency of like a Mm -hmm. person who has a penis saying you can sleep with all the people you want, but you can't sleep with another person who has a penis.
0: Yep. And, and I've experienced that personally in a relationship except the one pussy. Oh, wow. Policy.
1: Yeah. So interesting. She thought
0: thought it was going to be okay. And then it wasn't.
1: Oh, because I'm had, so because sorry. I had a
0: vagina, yeah.
1: Wow, that really sucks.
0: Yeah. so it does exist in other, in other circles other well. Communities, yeah, I think, for sure. I think I the most common that we see would be, yeah, the one-penis policy, especially amongst more mm-hmm. uh, heteronormative yeah.
1: circles. Yeah, I would say that's probably the largest number of OPP instances that, that I've seen, but that's probably mm-hmm. just because I'm not really connected with you know, like obviously sleeping with lesbians. Yeah, is not a I thing get, I do.
0: And, and as a sex and relationship coach, I do get, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, you're such a jerk. If you, if you do that, I'm saying, mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about it. Cause it is yeah. really common. And so a lot of the question is like, okay, well, what is it that, 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 bothers you about it? we try to like explore that to figure out where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I, um, of course, I, I won't use names, but I've seen this a couple of times where um, it can get complicated. Um, I know of, of one dynamic that occurred, and you'll, you'll know who this is, but we're not going to say who it is. But, okay. um, you know, cis, hetero, kind of straight relationship of two people, a cis man and a cis woman, mm-hmm. and they're non-monogamous. And uh, the woman dates a trans guy. So uh, mm-hmm. a, a guy that is assigned female at birth and is a trans man, and uh, the the straight cis guy has a problem with it, and it's almost like a one penis policy, but there's no actual penis involved. But it's That's still really struggling, struggling with with his female partner dating a trans guy, and so it it raises that question of like, what is it? Is it the physical penis? That bothers you, the fact that your female partner has is, is, is interacting with someone else's penis, or is it the masculine energy? Is it the male right. figure? Totally. And so whenever I kind of give that example, I've gotten a lot of, huh. Because like, I'm, I'm basically trying to challenge the person who wants to instill the OPP rule to right. question the why and what's wrong with that and so like how would you feel if it was a trans guy that did not have a penis Mm -hmm. and they go oh i don't know and they might be like you know what i don't think i'd like that at all because it's still a guy and i'm like well that's great that you're really validating of gender (laughs) but like we need to talk about about i gotta get points for that
1: yeah i'm like (laughs) brownies for being trans inclusive and also i'm happy we struck what actually is bothering you
0: Right. And then, if it is a specifically penis thing, then that definitely needs to get addressed. You know, because, sure. and then you kind of go into, okay, the fact that genitals really, truly are made of the exact same tissues. Don't right. get me started on that rant. Oh, my goodness. I love, I love talking about that, how everything looks the same in a fetus at one point. And so, literally, I just, to keep it simple right now, instead of going into that tangent, mm-hmm. our genitals are made of the same stuff. They're literally just shaped differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So then it's like, okay, well, let's, yeah, let's break that down. Let's talk about this because think about how upset you're getting over the shape of genitals. Right. And it's okay to laugh because get people laughing at themselves. I'm like, it's okay to laugh at yourself. It is kind of silly, but it's still a real feeling. You know, we want to validate Mm -hmm. your feelings and to to figure out how we can work around this and what is it that's the problem and can, is that something you can work around or work with? Awesome. So I love using that example because it really makes
1: people go, oh, yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. What the
0: fantastic. hell is our problem? <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, like what, you.
1: And that's so much of what I find of what dealing with jealousy is, is trying mm-hmm. to suss out what exactly is the problem? What's the underlying issue I'm struggling with? Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, any framework is a good framework, even if it doesn't work for you. It gives you information on what isn't going on, which can be just as important ruling stuff out. Um, it's one of the reasons why I often point people to Tristan Tarmino's, you know, EPI framework because I find it's just like so good as a simple starting point and stuff. Obviously, gets more complicated. Um, you know, obviously, don't involve the Ontario Provincial Police in your bedroom. Um, j- joke in there for people from Eastern Canada who every time they hear OPP go, wait, what? It's the same <laughs> reaction. It's the same reaction that I have every time someone says CBT. I'm like Fry meme. Oh, can't tell are you talking about what kind of therapy are you talking about
0: <laughs> yeah, i i used to work as a psych nurse and i'm a total thinkster so i came across cbd in my work so much and having to write it down and be like legit laughing and trying like to really cognitive to behavioral
1: it. therapy or cock and ball torture can't <laughs> tell
0: <laughs> refer to blank for cbt
1: <laughs> refer so to dominatrix fun. for cbt
0: <laughs> yeah i yeah that's it's fun fun uh fun overlap there that i i truly enjoy gives awesome. me gives me a, so much joy when i see stuff like that it
1: makes me happy me too awesome well thank you so much for chatting about jealousy with me here in Inter- interactions
0: oh of course thank you so much for having me and you should come on my show
1: i would i would love to So how did you like it, Intimates? Discuss your ideas with the community at facebook.com forward slash Intimate Victor, or tweet me at Intimate Victor, or follow my Instagram, you guessed it, at Intimate Victor. If you can spare the cost of coffee to help the show keep going, head to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon. We hugely appreciate your help to continue making intimate conversations for you and yours. If not, you can always help other intimacy nerds find the podcast by leaving us a review anywhere online, especially iTunes, or you can just tell a friend. The opening music is on hold for you, made of algorithmically generated notes and chords and played by an AI rendered saxophonist. The closing music is Gymnopédie, number one, by Eric Satie. Both are provided royalty free, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Thanks so much for your time and may your most important relationships be filled with the intimate, rich interactions you crave. Be well.